0: hello everybody and welcome to the crypto hipsters chronicles this is your host Jamil hassan the crypto hipster where from the period of time of march 2021 through june 2022 i interviewed 182 founders executives entrepreneurs artists and authors from over 50 different countries and built a global audience in 165 countries while posting and producing my podcast at the irish tech news platform since then i realized there's a lot of incredible content in the interviews that i had and my interviews were thought leadership podcast interviews that had amazing gems amazing gems from um all the guests that i was able to interview and so I've chosen and decided to create the uh, Crypto Hipsters Chronicles series, which is a series of the gems, the, the little tiny pieces from each of the interviews that I had in the areas of Bitcoin, Ethereum, metaverses, NFTs, regulatory issues in crypto globally, art, and you name it across the wide spectrum of different verticals in blockchain and crypto industry and in fintech and mobility and sustainability as well. Uh, These are about 15 minutes long, each uh, chronicle and has three, four or five different segments from different interviews. So I hope you enjoy them. Uh, I hope you have uh, learned a lot. And if you'd like to um, listen to the full podcasts, they are available online at both the Irish Tech News um, and on Anchor and uh in a future date will be available on the crypto hipsters station as well so please enjoy and uh talk to you soon hey welcome to crypto hipsters chronicles this is the third installment episode three and i'm titling it the metaverse metamorphosis because the metaverse has been a you know, a hot topic or a buzzword, but a lot of people don't really know how to build it. Uh, so, my founders that I've interviewed for this episode, for this compilation, uh, were are people who have built in the metaverse and who are actually doing the the nuts and bolts of building. So, uh, I have interviews uh, with Jawad Ashraf, who is the founder of Terra Virtua with renee Stefanschik at engine the third uh interview uh component is with serge gian Gentani, who's building the metamall number four is simon kurtanagoro he is the founder of my metaverse in australia and then tom graham who is the founder of metaphysic uh welcome and thank you and enjoy so you know, you you def- you said you you turn you term the phrase. I want to say it. You say there's a mega meta bubble, and this goes back to our metaverse. You know, what aspects of that bubble will will stay? What will fade away? What do you think?
1: You know, quality rises. And like right now, um, everyone's putting meta against everything they're doing, and just saying it's 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 a metaverse play. And unfortunately the way it works in crypto right now is it's not enough education so just like we had our dot-com bubble you know where everyone is investing in everything and half of it was garbage there's a ton of garbage that's come across our desk you, you know we're we're, we're we're advising with funds and you know everyone comes to us and some of the stuff we see is is clip art you know it's, it's clip art and not well thought out but people are investing in it and putting the time and effort into it so you're going to see a lot of money going in and what always happens in these situations is that a lot of people lose their money. There's a lot of disillusionment, and then you're going to see the quality rise. The companies that are just constantly building are the ones that are going to, you know, just succeed. You know, even now, um, like what happens, you, you see when the market was up and down, a lot of companies they change what they're doing because of the way the tokens behave. Actually, you just got to keep building. You've got to have a vision, know where you're going to go, and the token will come. Off the back of the quality you can create and the experiences you can provide. It's all about the, it's all about the experience and the social uh, aspect of it. And I just think that there's, there's a real democratization you can do. Like, I love the fact, one of my favorite things about Terra Virtua is we got like people in favelas in Brazil, girls in Sri Lanka, Who've never had the ability to express themselves, and they're selling artwork, you know, you know, and, and 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 they're able to present themselves in a way. I mean, even with Terra Virtua, like we have um one of our contractors um, is a company called Big Immersive, based out of in Pakistan. And they've done a lot of our VFlex stuff, and we were launching concepts, concept art. And these guys were saying, okay, we're gonna launch it, and we've created aliases for ourselves, and that's what we're gonna present it as I said, why? They said, Well, this is what normally happens, we can't say who we are. I said, No. University of where you were, who that person was, her profile picture up there, you know, be proud of the fact that you have this one people who buy what you like and enjoy what you love. And to me, that's another big part of what we do. We, you know we get a kick from that part as much as anything else.
0: So, how do we move from a metaverse just being something that's intangible that's out there that's you know just a thought, right? Something that's intertwined in our most intimate facets of our lives, and what other
2: firsts um should we expect to see no oh, i didn't I didn't even know there was already a wedding on the metaverse uh, interesting, but yeah, I think it kind of touched upon you know the, the outlining the, the problems that they have, kind of the state of of the technology at this stage um, i i'm I'm quite certain that every listener to this podcast has kind of heard the term metaverse. Up until now, I think it's it's become quite a big buzzword um, in the in the industry. Kind of oh, everything's going to be a metaverse. Everyone is building a metaverse. You have all these big brands creating their own metaverse. Uh, you know, Facebook, former Facebook, uh, really did the the, the, pro, the most prominent one here. Um, I think we're, the whole kind of we're still very early from both a technology perspective and from kind of a conceptual perspective like what what is the metaverse and how are we gonna interact with the metaverse so interestingly enough i think last week i watched a video on kind of brain to computer interfaces that are being developed right now and it's really fascinating technology right you kind of either an implant like like elon musk is doing with, with Neuralink, or you know with kind of a brainwave scanner or, uh, that kind of allows you to interact with a computer or, or, or a mechanical device and you know it really solves some important issues um like uh, you know allowing uh, tetraplegics to, to walk again but i think most interest mo- more interesting and and where the metaverse is really going to tie in is, is computer to brain interfaces that are coming up so you know actually your brain receiving input from a digital device and interpreting that input as you know as, as real as factual uh, as as far as you can define you know real um, and i think that's when the metaverse is actually gonna become a big part of our lives when you can actually experience simulation of reality you know in, in a digital environment and not really not even know if you don't want to uh, <laughs> that opens up i think a lot of kind of uh, uh kind of moral ethical and philosophical questions right? What what does it even mean to be alive but i think when computer to brain interfaces become really good and really strong is when the metaverse is going to be a big part of our lives because you know it's an interesting proposition you, know, you you can experience anything you can do anything you can be anything without any risks now you know I, I think i like to play David's advocate a lot and i think there's a lot of potential problems and issues we can see as a society in general from kind of those those applications but nonetheless i'm sure it's gonna it's coming and it's gonna come so we just need to be ready for it when it does um so i think the next five years to ten years are going to be very very interesting uh, in in the whole metaverse uh, dynamic and and industry
0: you have a background in optronics um so i want to find out you know what and how the optronics background will help drive, you know, mainstream adoption of shopping at the
3: metaverse mall. Uh you talk. Uh, I'm sorry, I did not hear you about, about about our case, right? I think. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, you have a background. You have a background in optronics, right? So think, that's a unique, that's a unique perspective.
3: I think uh, w- what's what's important to know is that the journey will not be uh, as easy as we think. Um, the there will be a lot of challenges but but uh what is important when we talk about us is that we have already uh uh build businesses this is the first thing we know what we are expecting right now okay we know that it will not, not be easy we know that speed is very important we know that you know the execution also is very important and at the end of the day uh we have to deliver something that that benefits the user otherwise uh, if it's just like a uh, you know a space and uh, you you go and you have fun and there is nothing which is engaging then uh, people will come once but they will not come you know they will not return so i would say the first thing is our experience on building businesses you know second thing is the experience in retail and i would say this is this is a a very important factor because at the end uh, we uh as I mentioned, it's it's just another channel, you know. It's just another channel, and it is important to 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 understand the the psychology of a brand today. Brands they will not, you know. For example, people people are telling me, uh, um, "So uh, are you approaching the luxury brand?" I say, "No," but well, you know, it's not it's not the the target is not the luxury brands. You know, of course, it's it's a lot of sparkle. You know, when you say a luxury brand, luxury brand, but it's not it's not the target. Luxury brands—they are—they are, they, they are controlling their environment in very tight way, you know, in a very tight way. Whether it's in a physical world, the digital world, or the metaverse, they will not go to um, you will not see a Louis Vuitton uh, uh, opening a store, uh, uh, you know, in some in some metaverse uh, uh, like this. No, they will start very slowly, and they will control the entire experience. So I would say understanding the brand is one one one. Uh, one of our advantage also, we are understanding the brand. And we are already working with, with brand on the digital world, you know, on e-commerce. So it's just for them, there is a trust factor, you know. We've helped them already on digital. So, you know, we will help them on the, on the metaverse. So it's, it's, you know, trust is very important. Um, you
0: said people are looking to be protected. But I think in order to create the metaverse, you really have to empower people. So how can you have that develop that empowerment mindset at the same time people are afraid and need to be protected? How do you break through that, you know, that I guess it's, you know, left brain, right brain or juggernaut, uh, immovable object, unstoppable force, how do you (laughs) navigate that spot,
4: you know? Yeah. um, that's really hard i think um so i think the the best way to empower people is to is to really um to try to encourage a growth mentality i think games actually inherently do that because you know all all games is 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 about growth and evolution really like you know you start like every game takes you on a hero's journey you start you start as a, a villager who's you know um who's, who's scrambling around for food and then you level up you find you level up and then you can become a blacksmith and you start crafting these higher level weapons and then you become a knight and you can use bigger weapons then you start slaying these huge beasts and then suddenly you save the whole kingdom and you're the hero you know i think that i'm um, like i i actually like th- think that a lot of my my growth mindset and my ability to to seek negative feedback has come from like you know back when i was uh in you know before my teens and i and i was in gaming you know i i think this this is probably the biggest thing it taught me like games taught me to grow and taught me that growth is a part of um finishing the game finishing the game of life or whatever it is um so i'm hoping that 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 is true and not just my cognitive bias saying that um i guess we'll see you know and i think that there's ways for us to add metaphors into our games that more or less directly explain like hey yeah this is how the game works do this in real life too it's a good thing um and then uh on top of that as well you know uh, the the hard the hardest part of thinking about making a play to earn game where people are actually you know going to earn some money out of it is that the money has to come from somewhere right like other like you can't <laughs> this is this i think this is a big thing that confuses gamers as well like wait 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 so everyone's gonna play the game and everyone's gonna make money no 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 that's that's not possible you know it's still an economy that doesn't happen in the real world it doesn't have happen in any economy in the world so basically really the way that i look at it is um we're a game developer um web3 allows us to to direct some of the value away from us that that we would normally take all of it and we, we 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 direct something to the community instead that that's how i see it so um instead of people only buying assets from us as the developer, they can buy them from each other as well. You know, it's just, it's not like everyone is, that plays the game is going to quit their jobs and just play and play games for the rest of their lives. Um, maybe in the future when everything is just in, in incredibly cheap or something like this, maybe in the future, like 50 years from now, when, when you know, the, the cost of food and shelter is negligible, maybe that could be, possible, but not today, and, and these arguments are valid, but the arguments are kind of asking the wrong questions. It's like, are we, are we trying to make sure that everyone um, in the world can, can have a better gaming experience? Absolutely, yes. Are we trying to make sure that everyone in the world can um, have more motivation to, to help each other in the game and create a flourishing community by providing each other value and sharing the value amongst each other? Absolutely, yes. Are we trying to make sure everyone in the world can quit their jobs tomorrow and play our game not going to happen so why is hyper real content the next
0: necessary step in bringing the metaverse into the mainstream
5: so from our point of view we think about the metaverse as uh, a successor to the internet and a different way of experiencing it really so i believe that As the technology develops as we spend more time in metaverse uh, environments as the hardware gets better and allows us to have more immersive um, emotion driven uh, interactions through content on the Internet. um, It will be necessary that the metaverse tends towards hyper real content, and if today it's highly focused on gaming like content highly animated content. The reason is I feel that uh, gamers and uh, crypto people are kind of early adopters of these types of technologies, but also the technology to render out and create deeply personalized content at hyper-real fidelity um, is very, very difficult to do today. It's not quite there, but it's coming in the next three to four years. And so if we want to scale a metaverse that is filled with deeply personal content um, for individuals, then the only way to do that is to go directly from data we collect in the real world around us, you know, with our phone collecting data from our environment, from our face, from our voice, and then bring that to AI models which automate the content creation process to create virtual worlds and content experiences with ourselves in it, and you know these experiences are deeply relatable and relevant and interesting and personalized. That's how we go from 500 million people interested in the metaverse to 8
0: billion people or to everybody using the internet in the world.